Welcome back, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Monkeys and Robot Suits. And Robots and Monkey Suits. With me, Jeff Byron. And me, Noah Smith. And today, we're having a great night. We just got back from a friend's place. Or actually, Noah just got back from a friend's place. And uh, we, we've been uh, we've been having a good night. We have definitely. Today with us, Terrence S. Moreau. Did I pronounce it correctly? Moreau? Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah. 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 Hi, everybody. Um, so Terrence and I, Terrence and I met on the internet, actually. He's another internet friend of mine. We met on Twitter. And, how, uh, it, how it and sort of works these days. When I, jo- when I first joined Twitter, it was funny because I didn't really know what I was doing there. And I don't know if this happens to other people when they're using Twitter, but you just kind of end up finding like-minded people if you just do what you do on Twitter, like like things and follow people and tweet. And I feel like immediately I met a bunch of artists and super interesting people. And Terrence, you're one of those. Oh, thank you, JJ. Yeah. Terrence is a comic artist and a digital artist and I don't know, an NFT artist, I guess that's what you are now. Or what do you call yourself? Yeah. I mean, um, you know, I I like to think that I'm, I'm, you know, a, a visual artist, um, sort of primarily, um, definitely, you know, uh, an NFT artist these days, um, you know, sort of, um, sort of by happenstance, actually, um, you know, the, the, the scene kind of has been, has been really, really loud out there and gotten super popular, um, which surprised the heck out of me. Um, but yeah, yeah. Like I said, cause I found my way into it sort of just by accident almost. Um, but yeah, it's, it's where I'm producing, uh, sort of the, the most stuff these days, um, where I'm focusing a lot of, uh, a lot of effort, um, like, like a lot of folks. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. We can talk about that in a second. Cause, uh, I, I feel like maybe people listening might not even know what NFT means and yeah. what, uh, and, and all of that. But, um, how are you guys dealing with life and the pandemic and everything? No, it's been actually been a, it's been a while since we, we, we hung out. I feel like maybe at least a week or two. It has, it has. Pandemic, basically everyone sort of accepted the pandemic, you know, they, they're like, oh, I guess I won't get to hang out with anyone until, uh, you know, we get vaccinated. But my friends that I hung out with tonight have been vaccinated. Well, so one has been vaccinated and had COVID and the other was vaccinated without having had COVID. And so basically we just hung out without any masks. And I was like, you know, I haven't been vaccinated, but I, I felt completely safe because these people were completely immune. Uh, but they're still doing the social distancing thing. You know, they've they're, oh, they're so as immune as you get, and yet they're just it's, not hanging around anyone, and they're wearing masks all the time. So e- even even um, how many of the of the folks like share your mindset? Where you know it's like um, you know it's like oh okay, it's, it's safe to um, you know to, to go in here because uh, of the vaccine and whatnot. Because it's super interesting that you say that bit about the um, uh, like the pattern remaining. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like the momentum continuing. Um, of yeah, yeah. It has changed our society. But you know what? In six months, it comes back and we'll all just be back to, like, you know, just coughing in each other's faces all the time, which is what I was doing before the pandemic. I was a little bit... I'm, I have a concern about that. I, I kind of... Uh, like, my wife and I both talk about this sometimes, that, like, when we do go back to normal and, every, and we just totally forget about the pandemic, we're also going to forget all the lessons that we should have learned. Kind of mm. afraid that maybe we're just going to go back to, you know... I don't know. I feel like we, we, every time there's a catastrophic event, we like, we, we learn the to, wrong lessons. Well, we learn how to, for, for a moment, we learn how to, to actually work together. I feel like there's just like a, a brief moment, even if it's just slight, even if it's just one aspect of it. When I was growing up in LA, we'd have earthquakes all the time. Like, and whenever we'd mm-hmm. have a big earthquake, you'd, you'd see people working together. You'd see helping each other. And that would last maybe like a day or two. And then everything would just go back to people hating each other. And, yeah. I, and I, 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 I hate yeah. to see, I hate to see the pandemic do that. You know, like people just kind of forget that, uh, you know, anyway, that's what I'm worried about. Oh, uh, it's, it's the reaction to crisis thing. And, you know, you, you know, it's the shared circumstances thing and, you know, and folks hopefully will, you know, will, will retain some of the better, uh, the better learned patterns of those things. Hopefully the good stuff, you know, in terms of like, Oh, I have to remember to check in with my folks, uh, and you know, and pay more attention to how I treat people in right. a slightly more like aware way. Uh, hopefully, some of that doesn't disappear in six months. <laughs> you know, we'll, we'll see. But Noah, you're saying that all, all your friends are still practicing the 
the social distancing and stuff. Oh, so absolutely, right. it's become like a ritual, like like Orthodox Judaism or something. <laughs> where, you know, where you're like, I can't <laughs> eat this very specific combination of foods. I can't do, you know, I can't turn on a light on Saturday, but I can do, you know, turn on a computer or something. I don't even know if Orthodox Jews even know what computers are. Um, <laughs> so. Yeah. You, you can't set down your casserole, you know, please still set down your casserole dish six feet away from me and then back away and then I will approach and pick it up. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. I'm going to get canceled for making fun of Orthodox Judaism, but you know, who cares? It's okay. Um, I'll, I'll edit it all out. <laughs> no, it's fine. <laughs> I've been making fun of Orthodox Jews since I was a very young reformed Jew. It's just part of what we do. Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. Um, it's like lapsed Catholics making fun of charismatic Catholics. You know what I mean? Do I know what that means? Maybe. Do you know what that means? You get some leeway. Oh, I do know what that means. Yeah. I do know it. I do. Yeah. Totally. Right. Or wait, Jeff, were you raised with any religion? I forget. Oh, you know what? I was raised. This is, I mean, I was, do you guys know what Unitarian is? Sure. Yes. So I actually, I was really, I was raised in several different religions i actually didn't have a religion like when i was growing up i didn't go to church or anything but uh as when i as i got older like maybe pre preteen 10 11 my mom discovered the unitarian church and we started going to that and that was really interesting because it was like a bunch of people who kind of believe in god but kind of don't <laughs> it's like very very agnostic for christianity and then, huh. uh, and then, yeah, and then I, I lived with friends as I got older. And sometimes, sometimes the rule was if you live in the house, you got to go to church too. So I've been to some interesting churches, but no, I didn't grow up religious. <laughs> did, did you, you live with the Mormon friends for a while? I did live with, with was that with the Mormons. same group of folks? Oh no, no, no. I I lived with Mormons, and it was it was very very interesting. They like all sang songs together, and they all played sports together, and. Like I grew up with a couple of Mormon friends. Um, I never like, you know, uh, went to you know went to church with them or anything. Um, but I I always thought thought of them as very nice people, um, very odd people in a certain sort of way. Like you guys live in your own little world and you have it down. Um, yep. I agree. Yeah, yeah. yeah um, so uh, my totally. I want to tell you about my PhD advisor because he is the grandson of the prophet of the Mormon Church, Spencer Kimball who reformed the entire church in the 1960s, allowed black people to be clergy. Amazingly, Mormonism used to be super racist. Um, and then, uh, just like everything else, I guess. But, um, but he did that. And so he was this incredibly, like, he, he was the most important Mormon since Brigham Young. And then his grandson, Miles Kimball, my PhD advisor, left the Mormon church. Huh. And he became a Unitarian, uh, I guess, minister. Or, oh really? Oh. Yeah. There's, so there's some crossover between uh, Mormonism and Unitarianism. Yes, I think it's it's sort of so yeah. like edge case Christianity stuff almost. In, in a way, I feel like my experience with church and religion has been the sort of like the I guess it's the latter day Christian religions is really what it is. It's the uh, yeah that's twenty first century. Um, like everybody's everybody smiling and not knowing why religion. <laughs> right. Everyone's singing. Um, yeah. Singing songs. Yeah. Yeah. That was my exposure too. Um, yeah. My, uh, my, my mom, um, uh, brought us, brought myself and my brother, uh, to stuff like that all the time. Um, yeah. And that's sort of my experience, um, with it for the most part. Um, you know, slightly a little bit like this is a little too smiley for me, um, but I like the music, uh, yeah. you know, kind of thing. Um, yeah. That's what that's what Unitarianism kind of was. It was kind of more about the breakfast, brunch after the service than the than actually any praying or anything like that. Yeah. Yes, Judaism yes. same way, you know. Yeah, yeah the community stuff absolutely is, is really so nice. Here's an interesting thing: a number of people have you know are thinking about. Um, I guess wokeness, this uh, this collect this culture that's grown up around uh, modern social justice movements, and a number of people have said, "Well, you know what? It really reminds us of Protestant Christianity," and mm. I think that that has some that has some legs to it. That idea, because mm. Christianity was uh, always about the idea that someone has suffered for your sins. Mm. Like someone, someone, you're you're born sinful, and someone has someone has suffered for that. Like. 
Jesus suffered for, for your sins. And, um, and you've basically got to spend the rest of your life sort of making up for that. And I kind of see what you're getting at a little bit with the, the sort of like the, the connection to the wokeness there and a little bit of the, um, uh, you know, the, the traditional bleeding heart liberal guilt kind of thing. Oh, well, true. But, but just the idea that, um, you know, in a very real way, in like, you know, say what you will about the, the story of Jesus, but in a very real way, uh, black people and other marginalized groups in America very real. Yeah, suffer very much, for yeah. sort of social sins of America. Yeah. And so wokeness is, in that sense, a desire to, um, uh, you know, sort of live up to the responsibility created by that suffering. So is that sort of where you, you think, um, Noah, like the, the, the comparison with Protestantism um, sort of breaks down if you're trying to compare it in like a negative sense? You know, like, like I kind of was, I was taking the tack there. Like the, the, there's a, a positive sort of spin. Right. I, I, I'm not trying to be negative or positive here. I'm just sure. saying like in terms of how people, you know, give purpose and meaning to their lives. Yeah. yeah. You know, one, one way you can, can one, one thing that gives people purpose is the idea of, um, you know, the doing good work. Yeah. 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 And I, I think that, you know, once people understand that the system they were born into was, you know, was constructed uh, as an exclusionary system that made a lot of people suffer for a long time. I think a lot of people obviously don't like that when they find that out. And then they're like, I, you know, wokeness to people feels like walking the path of righteousness from the, the sin that, you know, of, of being born into society that gave you free stuff because other people were denied stuff. Right. And then, yeah. you can sort of get better. Yeah. Yeah, I see that comparison. Uh, I'm not sure that, you know, folks are, like, that's kind of what I mean about, like, the, and it's not as simple as the binary of good or bad, um, obviously, but, you know, I, I wonder about how, um, you know, how deep the comparison goes, uh, you know, in the, in the terms of, um, you know, what, uh, what are the dogmas uh, that, that get put into place um, and all of that. It's, it's interesting for me. Um, I mentioned this to you the other day, I think, JJ. Um, you know, um, I'm Filipino. Um, or half anyway. Um, so, you know, from, from I, 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 my take on, you know, colonialism and all of this stuff um, and where all of this sits, um, it, I, I have my own perspective. Um, so I agree with you entirely that, like, yeah, of course, the, the, the backbone of the, the, the entire modern world is entirely built on um, unsavory things. Uh, and that, yeah, you know, the, the, the work of civilization theoretically should be to, you know, uh, to change that, um, and in the you know in the twenty first century, where you know you you kind of can't escape um, if you uh, you know are are in, intelligent and educated to some degree, um, you know the the fa those facts that oh crap all of this really isn't um, as tenable as as has been marketed to us, um, or as nice in the history as has been marketed to us. Right. The, um, uh, yeah. Go ahead. Na nations are built on on you know graveyards. Mm -hmm. Nations are built on graveyards. Yes. Yeah. And there's this really good essay by Ernst Renan, this French philosopher, if you ever want to read it, called What is a Nation? Mm. And uh, he says that a nation is an act of collective forgetting of the genocides that created that nation. Yeah. <laughs> you know, like, the, you laugh, but that's, like, really important for people to, to hear and, and realize, I think. Right. Like, I mean, this is, He's not I, wrong, either. No. No, it, no, no, no. No, I mean, you, I, when you, the moment that you kind of said that, I, you know, you know I... I tried to rack my brain for the edge cases, um, you know, and you can make some, I think, like my, my knowledge of history is, is broad on this, um, but I think you can make some, like, real edge case points about, like, Southeast Asian cultures occasionally, but you get, you get almost immediately, I think, into, um, uh, like, almost Jared Diamond-esque, um, I, I don't go too heavily into geographic determinism um, for a whole bunch of reasons, um, but broadly speaking, um, and, and, you know, it's, it's late, whatever, I'll, I'll, we can go into it, um, you know, and it, it's fine. Uh, but, you know, there's a, a uh, aphorism um, that uh, I use sometimes, and it's dark, uh, so forgive me, but um, it's the sort of, there's another mango on the tree mentality um, that, you know, technology uh, thrives in, in areas where the 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 natural environment really really is harsh um whether man created or otherwise um so if there's another mango on the tree 
um, there's a whole lot less sort of to, to fight about um, if resources are abundant. Um, so sort of the, the emergent stuff that you get is different. Um, but again, that's such an edge case for the most part, you know, absolutely. Um, so, you know, for, forgive me for trying to like tie it back just a tad. Um, but I do think it's important to, to know this stuff in a historical sense so that when we continue to recreate systems of interaction, um, you know, which we, you know, we can make, a, I think, a very broad case for um, that, you know, the nation state is. Um, when we continue to, to refine those things uh, via social interactions, commerce on our own, et cetera, et cetera, that we're very, very aware of how close we can engineer to those edge cases um, and, and how that stuff has played out over time um, in the past. Uh, so that we don't just, you know, recreate <laughs> the sins of history, um, you know, and the, 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 I'm forgetting the correct aphorism there, whatever it is. I'm grateful that we can talk about it openly on a podcast like this, like um, that, that I feel like even 10 years ago, it was, it was a much more difficult thing. And like now that, that like, like, like Noah, like you pointed out this sort of atoning for your sins or whatever you'd want to call it. I, I, I don't think that's, that's too far off. I think it's like, we got a lot of unlearning to do or something like that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Very right. much. This is yeah, getting the, pretty deep for uh, monkeys and robot suits, but uh, you know, it's, it's good. Too deep yeah, which direction you guys want to keep going? <laughs> no, no, nothing's too deep for monkeys I, and robot suits. So I, I think my my whole thing is, um, I'm kind of a, a nationalist in principle. I mean, you get all these like Donald Trump MAGA idiots saying like I'm a nationalist, but they're a nationalist for a nation that hasn't existed for like seventy years. <laughs> they're, a, yeah. they're a nationalist for this like white nationalist America that was like powerful in the twenties and then basically died. Well, they're also nation. They're nationalists for a a white America. I mean, like that's kind of what it was built on. Was uh, I mean, yeah, but it's dead, man. It's dead. Yeah. Like, oh, exactly. oh I, I know, I know. Yeah. But that's what they. That's what they're worshiping, really. Right. Very they're, much. And they're worshiping a zombie. Thing. Yeah. It's this imaginary zombie dead nation. It's like it's it's like lost causers for the Confederacy. It's like imagining this nation that that used to exist it's, but doesn't now, and it's like. You still have some fealty to it. No, shut up. Fuck that. Move well, into the future. It's and dead. It's dead. But we still. I mean, we've still built on top of it, and that's the kind of crazy sure. thing to me. It's sure. like, wow, we yeah. should, we, we built on top. We like we didn't create a new system. We built on top of it. Yeah, and that's we you know that's that, exactly that's do. what I was going to say. Is literally you see that in in cities, um, you know, all across history, you know, and it's 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 interesting for me in in this sense because um, you know. I, I come at it from, um, you know, my, my background is, uh, my old man was a general contractor, uh, design build, uh, worked for himself. Um, I grew up doing that. Um, so I saw a lot of these, these issues from a very hands-on perspective. I still do uh, a lot of this stuff that, that is um, where I very, very directly see the impact of legacy systems, uh, both social um, and, and literally infrastructural, um, in, in the sense of actual physical buildings, um, actual cars um and then right down to the the social people um i don't know if um jj is it all right if i if i talk about the you know my real job here i don't know if that's you um, do it, of man. course of course yeah, yeah. so um you know, uh, jj you already know uh, Noah. i'm the uh, facilities administrator for the legal aid foundation of los angeles oh, cool. um we've got five buildings uh you know around the county um and the the whole culture has shifted around them um, since COVID, and I could talk about that forever. Um, But as relates to a lot of this, um, you know, I see how folks, how our clients interact with the the culture of the thing, um, what the the expectations, what their problems are, um, you know, how how our buildings degrade over time. Um, There's a bunch of this stuff that, you know, for for me and because of the, the upbringing that I had, um, I'm very used to talking about these things in a direct way. Um, so a lot of what, what you're describing, guys, I'm, you know, I'm right there with you, um, you know, very much. Um, and, and, you know, sort of always have been. Uh, and uh, JJ, I'm not sure, honestly. Um, and, and it probably speaks more to just my own ignorance, actually. Um, I, I have no idea if uh, that, that level of acceptance in talking about these things has, has changed. Um, I mean, don't get me wrong, it, it has. Um, but what it, 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 what I'm waiting for personally, and this is probably just an egoic thing on my part, you know, to, to one degree or another, um, but I would like to think it's defensible beyond that, um, that, that more awareness of that infrastructural issue of that, like, we, all, we do literally bury history, um, and that we do literally have, um, you know, uh, a great deal of legacy issues um, that we just kind of don't talk about because there's a lot of flashy, shiny shit around now. Um, <laughs> yeah. Right. And because, I'm, you know, to some degree, like, we can't change it. 
we can spend our entire life trying to like erase the uh, stains well, of history. Is, and it never okay. happens. I mean, like we just have to, at well, some point, we just have, have to, to focus forward, on solutions. Exactly. Right? Like Luke Cage, right? He's like always forward. <laughs> always. I Luke mean, Cage the, is a surprisingly deep show, actually. <laughs> well, the thing yeah. is, I, mean, I, I watched that. I, I watched that show. It, it kind of went Great off the show. rails at the end. Um, but the, I liked the, it. What? I liked <laughs> it. <laughs> you know, they, they played into the cheese. I, I enjoyed it. Um, I did. Um, when when Hersha Ali stopped being, um, you know, when they, when they took him off the show, it, it went downhill. Um, they they should have kept him around as the main villain, uh, but you know, and that, not not the point. Uh, the, the social commentary is actually really great in that show. But yeah, like I say, I genuinely wish that um, that we did focus because you, you're absolutely right, Noah. You know, there's there's no going back. And there's yeah. no turning back the clock on any of this. The only the, way forward is to focus on solutions. But the, there's, I mean, I guess there's just so much we have to dig up. You know, my, my wife is Filipino, and I think for a lot of her life. Um, she didn't really question what that meant to her, both as her identity and her, That's her so ancestry. That's so interesting to me. And 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 now she now now she does, of course. She's a, she's also an environmental activist, and she works for an organization, Save the Redwoods, um, that is dealing with the fact that their founding their founding members were all part of. Uh, white boys old school network stuff yeah they were, old, old they, boy network stuff they were involved with eugenics actually it gets it got really oh, yeah, bad no, and that, that's that's all is that the john birch society yeah, stuff um well, i i don't know all, like a lot of the details but one of the things that she has to do is make sure that that they're always talking about it and they're not burying it like that's really really Certainly. important yeah. yeah, yeah, but at some point, I I don't know about that. Like at some point, you've got to just say like, there's a balance. There's a balance what? to be struck. Some eugenicists founded this shit, but fuck it, they're dead. We're here, and this is our shit now. Well, yeah, you, I, there's a careful yeah. balance to be struck. <laughs> it, there, but there's a it's it's like kind of like a thing where, I mean, they're a nonprofit, so all of their money right. comes from investors. So they don't want to do a dance where they're like, oh, you know, we don't need to talk about that because we don't want to upset the investors. Sure, right. Like they th have to talk about it. Yeah, of course. They have to get out in front of it and they have to talk about it right. and they have to do all the actual yeah. like, DEI work that like so many companies just pretend to do. They uh, they actually have to do it, I think. So, or they, they should, they have to. Yeah. Right. They, they do yeah. have to. And, and not necessarily for themselves, just for the investors, because, you know, well, it's People part of that larger social much awareness. About who founded this stuff? Like if you, if you go back in time, like right now, a lot Everything's, of yeah, run yeah, things are exactly. schmucks. Go back. But back in the day, every single person who ran anything was a schmuck because you could be. You had to be pathological to not be a schmuck in any position of power before like three years ago. Like <laughs> you, you, ha you had to be. Like Abraham Lincoln was a schmuck. All these people were schmucks. There was just no one, like, someday they will find evidence that Martin Luther King was a schmuck and he'll be canceled. <laughs> and you know what? It's just because anyone who has had any... Times change. Things move on. I mean, times mm. change. We didn't have the technology to pour sunlight into the lives of leaders. And because that of that, because we had this a culture based on hierarchical organizations and leaders who had power within hierarchical organizations, you had... Yeah, that's why these are generational abuse. problems. You know, that, that's why exactly. these things. Yeah, very much. Yeah, I mean, these things take. You know, there's um, <laughs> there's a quote from a comic uh, that I, that I think of um, mm. an X an X Men comic actually um, for in times like this. You know, the it, it it requires that children be born into a world that is drastically different than the one that their parents were born into, and it requires that that happen over and over again. And and part of it is that we do have to genuinely fight the same battles over and over and over again. My dad was an old hippie, um, as well as being a general contractor, um, from back in the day. Um, he's got stories of fixing cars on communes, um, and the you know the, that same sort of you know feeling of understanding where society was at and its sins, and that feeling of powerlessness and needing to move on. They didn't have the tools we have today, um, as as well as certain you know social understandings in a whole bunch of ways. You know that all of this stuff is coming to fruition now in a way that will take take a long time to work out. Um, but good Lord, we are on, you know, on the right path. Um, you know, I mean, I'm, I'm another weird little saying of mine that I'm, you know, that fond of using is the internet is, is sort of like an acid trip for all the world, uh, in, the, <laughs> in, in the sense that, you know, the, Ooh, all like of the, Ken Pav. yeah, all, all of the, all the connections are getting, you know, redone, um, in real time based on context. I love it. I love it so much. You know, so happy. Is, Oh, very much, you know, but, you know, some people reintegrate easy, um, you know, others, it, uh, you know, things are rocky. 
Uh, you know, so yeah, what it's like I say, it's a generational issue. Um, you know, the arc of history is long, but it bends toward justice. Uh, you know, this is a part of of making sure that that arc bends is doing the work every generation, fighting the same battles. And uh, really, unfortunately, you know, it's it's kind of terrible because you look back, you're like, oh. We have not come so far from the caves. Oh, Lordy. Um, but, you know, we, we got spaceships now um, and fun tools and interesting philosophy and, and all of that. You know what I mean? It's none of the, that stuff has disappeared. You know, you, you have to keep it alive. Like you got to, you know, got to maintain those fires too. Um, but, you know, I, I think all of us are involved in, in, in you know, one way or another. Yeah. yeah. Well, speaking of Internet disruption. One of the reasons that I wanted to talk to you, Terrence, was so that I could be- we could better understand what's going on in the digital art world. So maybe we can talk about that for a bit. Yeah, uh, sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So here's the thing. I want to like kind of preface this with like, I wanted to make some content for a lot of my friends and fellow musicians and artists that might not know about the hype that's going on with digital art and these NFT non-fungible tokens <laughs> and what all this means. And, and so, okay, so like, you know, you're listening to this and you, maybe you know what, maybe you've heard about some hype over NFTs, or maybe you heard something related to Bitcoin or crypto. NFTs. NFTs. Yeah. Okay. But, uh, I have a lot of friends who are artists who are super talented. They've that like all of us, like me, we've always kind of struggled with monetizing that, turning that into a business, um, valuing our own work and valuing other people's work and how you even do that and Mm -hmm. now all of a sudden there's this trendy thing in the digital art world where people are selling their art for a lot of money and it's it sounds interesting and i kind of want to talk about it so maybe some of those people who who they might find interest in it they might want to look into it themselves learn something about it and the the best way that i can describe it um, as I, you know, this podcast is a lot of overlapping bubbles for me. I've got, I've got, uh, a lot, we talk a lot about music and we talk a lot about art and we talk a lot about technology and we talk a lot about economics and politics. It all kind of comes together here. And so I'm, you know, kind of happy to make it happen. Um, how would you describe what's going on here to somebody High who might exuberance not... is how I would describe it. <laughs> okay, so so tulips, <laughs> we're high exuberance. We're uh, we're we're at beanie babies. Is that that what it is? We're we're at, we're approaching beanie babies level at the moment. Um, you know, I'll you know I'll be straight and and, and guys feel free because um, I've been very deep down this rabbit hole recently. So please feel free to interrupt me at any point um, okay. on any of this uh, and and bring me back to surface and usefulness. Um, but what it actually is is just a new set of tools. Um, you know, everyone is is you're absolutely right, JJ. People are selling money, uh, selling stuff for all kinds of money out there. Um, and you've had some sex, with, some success with it recently too. Yeah, right? yeah. So why don't I why don't I do that? Why don't I kind of wait? Recount, he said um, sex little... with success. How do you do that? <laughs> That's my it's very abstract. <laughs> Actually, um, I, I have a, a fan fan fiction. You can come check it out. You have to <laughs> make love with success. Okay. Anyway. Yeah, sweet, um, sweet, sweet. Um, but yeah, no, I'll, I'll just give you guys the um, the sort of backstory on it here. Do it. Um, so I've been around. Um, I was not one of the first uh, into the scene by any means. Um, that scene sort of has been going since about um, 2018-ish, um, a little bit earlier, earlier. technically. Earlier, yeah, exactly. Actually, yeah. With CryptoPunks, um, if you want to uh, sort of go all the way back to it. CryptoPunks and CryptoKitties, uh, both of which um, are now highly valued projects. Or um, rare for, pepes, yeah, I guess. Well, yeah, you want to go all the way back yeah. conceptually. Yeah. Um, yeah, oh yeah, it goes all the way back. And even further, I think, if you want to go back to like the... There's some people who claim uh, certain art projects on Bitcoin that go way back. So, um, Terrence, you know, maybe maybe before you even go there, maybe we should maybe I should talk a little bit, just really briefly, about kind of how this is related to Bitcoin because yeah. this is kind of weird. Um, so, Bitcoin is many things, but one of the things that it definitely is, it's an open public ledger that that is money. So, everything is open source, everything is distributed. You can see all the transactions now. We can argue about whether that's good or bad for our money system, but it brings up a good question of, can we use this for anything else? And ownership is a really kind of intellectual one to talk about. We're talking about having ownership being a public shared thing that everybody has access to and everyone can see. And uh, and so things like 
possibly art or intellectual property of music or even things like uh, real estate. You're, or you're, you're really contracts. opening the, the, the uh, can of worms here, JJ. Well, well, I just wanted uh, the, the reason I'm opening the can of worms is because I'm, I'm basically saying like, okay, all this stuff becomes on all this stuff is on the table for us to talk about. Sure. And what an, what an NFT is, is us looking at how it relates to a piece of art um, that, that the ownership to that piece of art, right? Yeah, of, I mean, I can if you want me to kind of start uh, start with uh, you know pulling the the worms out there, um, I think that's a a real good spot. So so right now, um, the in terms of ownership and IP, um, it, uh, there was a, a great phrase I saw online recently. Um, so when you're putting out a lot of this stuff right now, and we're be aware, folks listening, we are jumping right into the sort of the deep end. We'll back up um, uh, a little bit as well. Um, but what you're really doing is you're open sourcing it. Um, in a lot of ways. Um, and we can talk about some of the, the disputes that have arisen um, between artists uh, and uh, thievery of, of you know, intellectual property and, and all of that, um, you know, appropriation. We, we can have the, the whole set of discussions mm -hmm. there, and there's been a, a wide range of examples. Um, nothing has yet, as far as I'm aware, um, gotten to the point of uh, a court battle. Um, of being in front of a judge, um, and that's that's where the rubber will inevitably meet the road. Um, and of course, we have to see that in a variety of jurisdictions and such, um, established precedent, uh, a bunch of other things. Um, but we haven't gotten there yet, uh, and that's where where a lot of this will become important. Um, yeah. Now that said, um, there are a whole lot of people, um, dozens and dozens and dozens of incredibly smart people, um, working on exactly that problem. Um, from a bunch of different perspectives, um, you know, and again, I can I can talk about um, some of that as well. Um, some of, you know how folks are trying to get around the making it all tie back to the legal world, so that um, real contractual law and um, the legal system uh, acknowledges right. it. But uh, that's not where we're at now. Um, where we're at now is um, you know folks having fun um, making um, making good money in a sort of. Um, good money, I say, in a, like a, a, a tip jar kind of sense, as I suppose what what is the the best way to look at it, uh, kind of sense, because the scene's gotten very loud. Yeah. So, so, so you create a piece of art. How does that become? How, where does the where does NFT come from? So NFT uh, stands for non fungible token. Um, all of the stuff on these blockchains um, sort of are represented uh, by things we call tokens. Um, non fungible tokens um, are things that exist as individual items. Uh, that's why JJ brought up uh, stuff like uh, real estate uh, and whatnot, so that an individual home uh, versus the idea of a home. Um, not swappable. Uh, not swappable. Uh, exactly. Not not uh, directly uh, fungible with one another. No two homes are alike. Uh, so uh, that same idea uh, is applied to uh, to art. Um, and currently, oh, getting a little bit of feedback there. Um, currently, uh, the the sort of closest thing that we get to to ownership um, is sort of the the social consensus uh, around the. If you guys uh, can imagine with me, um, like walking into a uh, an opera house or something similar and seeing all the donors. Uh, on the wall, um, you know. Oh, this person, you know, bought the, um, you know, and, and literally, actually, the building um, that I that I work in um, is is exactly like this. Um, it's not an opera house, uh, but it's the same. Um, oh, this, uh, you know, this library is named after this law firm um, because they paid for it. Um, you know, it's patronage um, is really the model that we're talking about. Is another form of patronage here. Um, and again, th this will all end up getting tied back to the legal world, and that will will revolutionize, continue to to change and revolutionize things. But we're not we're not there, you know, just yet. Um, that's that's you know, and again, there are really smart people working on that. Um, I'll come back to talk about those projects individually if you guys would like. Um, but for now, it's it's a lot more like um, free form patronage, um, and with that comes uh, a lot of the uh, negatives. Um, so you know, it's it's a lot of carnival barking. Um, which is to say that you are, uh, for the most part, if you are an artist uh, who wants to uh, sell an individual token um, or, uh, excuse me, an image uh, as an individual token, an NFT, um, you're reliant on a platform. Uh, you're reliant on traditionally what we would call a publisher. Um, the, the, they, most of the, the platforms that exist in the space now uh, in the capacity of a publisher uh, do have licensing agreements, um, as they should. Um, like I say, none of that has been tested. Um, all of those licensing agreements, as far as the, the ones that I've read, um, you know, you keep your rights. Um, of course, they're not they're not stupid. They're not going to try to uh, in the twenty first century bilk you out of um, artist ownership. Um, they just get the right to display it. Um, and most of these um, most of these uh, platforms um, will make it very easy uh, for you. However, um, 
the all of this stuff does exist within the cryptocurrency sphere. Um, so mm-hmm. if you're if you're interested, um, you know if you've if you've heard about this stuff, um, et cetera, et cetera, um, poke around the systems a little bit. Um, ask someone that you know. Um, uh, if if they you know are are uh, one of us uh, one of our cr- uh, crazy brethren here, um, you know to, to show you to explain some of the systems um, and uh, you you will need uh, at least for now um, some of the uh, the coin of the realm uh, sort of in order to participate. <laughs> Gonna need um, some Ethereum. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Certainly. Um, you know, and the oh, go ahead. No. So most of this. So, so oh, sorry. sorry. So most of this is is taking place on the Ethereum network, and uh, and and if, if you are an artist and you wanted to create an NFT that is associated with your work, how do you do that? Do you have to code it yourself? Do you have do you have to hire somebody to do it, or are there apps no. that do it for you? There are uh, there are outlets. Uh, there, are, like I say, um, I, I think it's best um, if folks think of them as publishers um, because it's it's really what they are. Um, they're they're outlets. Uh, they're sort of marketplaces. Um, Rarible um, has sort of become the big one. Um, OpenSea uh, is another, and all of these uh, platforms, uh, publishers come with various trade-offs. Um, you know, just like anywhere else, different size publishing houses, uh, different size labels, uh, uh, and all of that. So, do you uh, ha- to hire them to, to create no. that? Okay. Uh, no, you do not. Um, the uh, the sort of uh, ideals of the blockchain have sort of made it all the way through to. Um, oh, excuse me. No, no, no. I I um, I get ahead of myself there. Um, because again, these platforms have a bunch of things. Um, there are open ones, uh, and then there are closed ones. Um, open ones, um, as long as you've got some Ethereum, um, you can participate. Uh, you can um, mint, uh, is the term. Um, basically, you click a button, uh, you upload your uh, your JPEG, your PNG, your GIF, um, along with a, you know, a whole host of other things, should you like. Oh, you um, went through all the uh, image file types, right? <laughs> <laughs> Um, and, Wait, uh, what about WebP files? <laughs> I, I think okay. we're. I, I, but what about Augs Vorbis, though? But I, I, I want to do music. <laughs> uh, no, there's there's crazy guys who are doing that too. We um, actually use Augs Vorbis for Bandcast, anyway. Oh, of did. <laughs> it's the co- coolest um, sounding of the audio files. The Augs Vorbis. Vorbis. <laughs> the only anyway, reason I know that is because of Mars this, Volta. Let's say it in the most hilarious voice possible. Augvarbus. Yeah. Oh, okay, that was good. <laughs> um, okay, we got nerdy there. Well, so so it's it's mainly um, it's mainly static images, but also video is like or gifs or like yeah yeah. Okay. It's mostly um, for the most part static images. Um, like I say, the uh, it's it's a marketplace. Uh, most of these things are um, in the sense that you know you need to. <laughs> grab eyes uh, so gifs show up a lot um animations um loops looping animations um people are selling a lot more video now um yeah right. yeah there's all kinds of stuff you, you hit an upload button uh, they try to make it very easy and then um, what are the marketplaces like well uh this is this is where i think it does behoove us to to say a little bit about the difference between an open and a closed marketplace um open marketplace is like trying to go to uh your your local flea market and just set up a shop um, for the first time, um, there will be people who have been selling there for years. Um, people who, you know, who are totally new. Um, it's, it's a little higgledy piggledy. Um, and you know, if you can get attention, great. Mm-hmm. Um, the, the closed platforms, um, you know, you'll, you'll have to apply for, um, sort of more like going to a specialized event or something, you know, getting a table, um, at a specialized event. Um, and that you don't have to pay, uh, to apply for, um, but you might have to wait in line, uh, a little while. Uh, and sort of what that gets you uh, is a little bit more exclusivity, um, a little bit less people, a little bit less loud. Um, what I've been recommending uh, to folks uh, is that if they want to try this out, um, you know, they, they get their hands on some Ethereum um, and go to the open platforms, um, your open seas, uh, your rareable, um, and you know, try it out. Make a um, make a little wallet. Um, you set up your profile, upload your your um, your your uh, your, your uh, profile image. Um, and yeah, put a few pieces out there. Um, the, unfortunately education costs, um, and there is no, uh, given the state of the market at the moment, um, there, the expectation of return is, is you have to be modest about these things. Um, so don't, um, you know, don't go in expecting that, you know, you'll break the bank immediately. Um, but yeah. what, like I say, what I've been telling people is, you know, get your feet wet by experimenting on the open platforms and then take your best stuff. Um, take your, your best face uh, and and apply to some of the closed platforms. 
Um, even if you're taking the same material uh, and applying to several platforms with it as a submission package, um, do that. Um, and then you'll get in, in, you know, in all likelihood, one, one place or another. Um, and there's a whole lot now uh, that are cultivating their own little bubbles uh, of culture and users and all this. So, I mean, I can point you guys at some of them, but... Um, no, this is, this is really cool. I mean, this is what... This is, this is becoming really popular right now. So, uh, you know, a lot of people are, are taking art and they're selling the NFTs, which is... Well, I think people interpret that as I'm, I'm buying the, the ownership of... I'm, I'm, no. I mean, that's, that's what I think people think. But what is it, what is it actually? What, when people acquire an, an NFT, the contract, what are they getting? So what currently on the Ethereum chain, uh, the way that it works, uh, is that you are buying a provable link to a set of information, which is your image, uh, you know, your, your image file. Um, and you can prove uh, via the blockchain uh, that you were the one who transferred, who made the, the trade um, to essentially put your patronage name um, exactly like, you know, the donor uh, in the, uh, uh, the art gallery uh, or anywhere else um, to say, hey, look, I paid for this. I thought it was important enough that it should be in the world and now you can enjoy it. Um, I think that's a far more accurate um, yeah. model for what's going on now um, than, uh, than where we will be. Um, quite honestly, um, and probably, you know, if I, if I had to guess, I mean, who, who knows about if, if I'm right, um, but if I had to guess, you know, like five to 10 years time, um, where a lot more of this stuff will be better worked out so that we're actually doing transference of IP. Um, and if I had to guess, um, I would say that we're going to end up with both, um, where the, the ownership of Batman, um, as well as, you know, the ability to, you know, buy the temporary license when you actually buy the Batman comic, um, which is really what you're buying. Um, you know, as well as the physical thing. Um, yeah, uh, I think both will exist. You know, there, there's space enough for all of this. Um, yeah, we'll, we'll get to the IP, it's, but it's just, that's yeah. worth a lot more. That's worth it's, so much more. So we'll... <laughs> it's interesting, though, that, like, you kind of, you kind of have to do something like this for digital art, I feel like. Yeah. Uh, I mean, you, you don't have to, but it, it makes a lot of sense. It because, turns that direction. Because it's nice to, like, I don't know what what it is with with uh, the kind of human obsession with with ownership of something. I guess maybe maybe because it'll go up in value. That's what, probably why a lot of people are investing in art right now. Is, yeah, or, or the NFTs is because that's what they think they can just flip them, um, and that's not going to be the case forever, of course. No. Um, but yeah, I guess no, what I've been I, what I, I've been telling I, what I I've been mentioning to artists. Okay, well, just, what I've been telling to artists who I've been getting into it recently is that the current exuberance, that, that tide, that high tide will go out. Um, but the, the folks who um, take the time to learn now um, will be in a much better position in a few years' time when some of these tools are a little bit more mainstream. Um, because a lot of this stuff is trending in this direction. The, the, the tech isn't going anywhere. The model isn't going anywhere. Um, you know, I, I have seen the sentiment around... Um, and I think it goes to what you were saying, JJ, that uh, people were saying, oh, I would never buy a piece of art. But, you know, um, I might donate to an artist that I like or, you know, I might yeah. go to their show and I'm like, it's the same thing. Like, it's literally the same thing. I'm really curious to see what this is going to look like once there's a music version of it um, uh, or, or something like that. Like there's because the way I have been thinking of this NFT phenomenon is not that it's there's a contract that represents the art or the art that represents the contract. It's like, there's something in the public permanent ledger that is Ethereum or whatever network you're on that ties your wallet to it. It's the gallery patron wall. It's the gallery patron wall. It basically just says like, yeah, I had something to do with this being where it is. Exactly. And that, that is kind of cool. In, in a way uh, it's a lot of it kind of seems like, like signaling well sure y you know like signaling. a lot of it is more like a graffitied wall but you know yeah like like why why do you want to own this art not so that you can display it just so that you can show somebody a receipt that you paid for it or something like that yeah you know i mean hash masks happened and and i you know was was very quiet about it in a bunch of ways i mean all of this stuff is really really loud right now what are hash um, masks Oh, I'm so glad that you say that um, because it, it, it doesn't matter. Um, it was How did a this turn into like a crypt, complete crypto podcast? 
because I, I, I warned you guys about says. going down the rabbit hole. Oh, okay. So we we've actually gone we've gone too far. So it's it's That's it's weird. Fine. Well, it's 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 interesting, Noah, because it I didn't didn't mean to turn it into crypto at all. It's, it's just, just so interesting, you know. Well, it's, it's just so much stuff to do. <laughs> well, it's 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 the only way that we can like the only well, other crypto way just to do abstracts this. this stuff out so far that it gets it gets so philosophical so very quickly because honestly like it is all just you know numbers and crap on a you know on a public ledger it is all just signaling it is all just you know like uh, oh wait none of this does tie back to the real world we all just are kind of hanging out in the metaverse which is what they're calling it now well, the, the, the thing the is people are, people are making a lot of money doing this and then artists are also getting paid so i have that's the I other side of it who, i have a lot of friends that are not interested in crypto at all they don't really know much about it and they're sending me messages and saying hey how do i get involved with this nft thing or what does it mean is it, is it worth it is it a scam so it's like it's not it's it's weird it's like it's it yeah it's related to crypto because crypto facilitates it but it's exactly. not uh it's a it's a it's an interesting thing it's probably something that we're going to see iterations of in the future Th that's what i mean and, about like this will all look different yeah and i mean like you know Noah, the stuff that you're writing about, uh, you know, Bitcoin and, and crypto, like people are starting to take an interest in, in that, um, or they already have taken interest in that. They're interested in what you have to say about it. So this is something that I would think that, you know, mm. that they would be interested in as well. Um, like seeing seeing this wave of of enthusiasm for art, like that's pretty interesting. Yeah, totally. Right. And also, Honestly, and also seeing it kind of start to ask questions about intellectual property. Like, like yeah. I said, I can't wait to see what this happens in the see what happens to this in the music world because right now in the music in the music industry is left over from the 1940s when we were trying we had to we had to have a system for renting music or borrowing music so that we could play it on a radio station or that so that we could get the sheet music so somebody could sing it live. So we have like publishing and we have the use of the master we have all these contracts and stuff like that that don't make any sense anymore because we just stream wasn't everything there a the music internet. modernization act i feel like i've seen um well they they talk they, about that i have no idea what it they, they they try to i i don't know much about the music mo modernization i think it's just a um well, actually, buzzwords I, I have no idea I well it, it's it's a it's a way to like simplify things but in the end we don't really know we're equating what we're paying for to a physical thing that we used to have in the past that we don't yeah. have anymore. And so seeing the analog to that now with the internet, it's disruptive and it's, and it's new and it's different. And if, and I am excited to see that there are artists that are getting paid in this case, you know, that, that excites me. It's like, Oh wow. Now there's, even if it is just tulips, it is excitement over some creative art form. And that's really cool. So I mean, honestly, yeah. I think that's the part that's going to remain because the, you know, it's, you know, not to get, not to get too hypey or whatever, but, you know, I'll, I'll kind of put on my, my carnival barker hat just a tad. Um, but, you know, crypto has been waiting a long time for like legitimate use cases. We talk about, you know, how, how it's all just smoke and, mi smoke and mirrors in so many ways. Um, and don't get me wrong, this high exuberant cycle, um, you know, will, the, the tide will go out, but it will come back in again. Um, the, uh, and I, I, JJ, I, I agree with you so much, man, that seeing the, 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 the enthusiasm for art, don't get me wrong. I, I am mm -hmm. equally capable of talking about it from like, oh, this is a bunch of nouveau riche folks trying to purchase culture. Um, yeah. but yeah. you know what, at the same time, I'm also seeing some artists that like uh, a rising tide raises all boats. Some, some artists yeah. that I like you know, um, get, get, you know, and again, it's the same thing, you know, the, the popular stuff is always the popular stuff. Um, you know, the, so access to new tools, um, and access, like I, I am happy to, to, to tell artists out there, um, profit from those, those folks who would like to it, look, if there's a whole class of people out there who would like to purchase culture, make damn sure that it's good <laughs> culture. You know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Like, it, you know, make damn sure that they're going to purchase a good product um, yeah. that, that will do well. You know, like that will do well by them, so to speak. Um, you know, so right. that that's sort of my, my take on it is that all of this isn't going away. Um, and while I don't think that people will, I, I've been telling most of the illustrators who I've, I've been talking to about this, um, you know, I think a lot of this stuff is overpriced. Um, you know, I really do. 
Um, you know, it's it's better to, to have a much longer eye towards it um, and and understand that that this is part of a larger cycle. Yeah, there's um, so, a lot of crap. There's a lot of crap. Oh, I mean, there always and, is. That's the, yeah. Yeah, I just I think it's interesting that like we could be talking about the value of you know fake businesses that do nothing. Uh, exactly. But, but instead, we're talking about the value of like a. A pixelated face. <laughs> I like, love it's just, it. It's, it's so much weird. better. It's yeah. so much better. I would. I would rather see that. Um, because this podcast me, got weird. This podcast got weird. <laughs> this podcast got weird. Too. Let's, Which let's would you rather pay in. for? I'm happy Noah. with that. You know what? I'm happy with that. I'm <laughs> it's a weird podcast. Let, let's let's reel it back in. What would be less weird? <laughs> no, no, that's fine. That's not an insult. That's a compliment. The, um, the, 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 I just the, don't the know what y'all are talking about because I actually don't understand how so, uh, blockchains are used to sell art. No. Well, they're, they're, they're not. They're it's not. Great. They're used to sell social signaling. Um, you know, that, that's that's yeah. the thing. Um, what else know, is art? I mean, like, exactly. So that's, this is exactly, this is where you get yeah. deep down the rabbit hole of, of what all this actually is. You know is. the good thing about rabbit holes? <laughs> you, you, you know rabbits. Rabbit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> My whole house is a rabbit hole. <laughs> um, so here's the thing. Like, I have always believed that a good society would be one where people can get compensated to do whatever they want, and then production and consumption become the same thing. Because I've always believed that individuality actually comes from consumption. Production Ooh. is constrained by the market. You have to make stuff that people will buy, whether for social signaling or whether you're just making like widgets. Uh, this, or... this goes back to our first ever podcast, I think. Right. Was... <laughs> and I, I, I've expressed this idea a couple times in the podcast. And and so, but the idea is that in a good society, say we had like robots doing everything and universal basic income and whatever, you would be able to do whatever the hell you wanted and get paid for it. And then production consumption would be the same thing. You'd feel like you were productive getting up and making stuff that you liked. And yet it wouldn't be constrained by what other people demand to buy. I, I think that that's, a, that's the outcome um, rather than the how you get there. Right. Um, exactly. Yeah. Yeah, um, I, I, th I mean, I, I, I see entirely what, what you're getting at. Um, and there's a bunch of, like, um, uh, JJ knows I, I reference this guy all the time. Um, but there's a guy, Vinay Gupta, um, mm -hmm. who I, I like uh, a lot, who talks about this same stuff um, in a sense of, like, how do we actually balance uh, the real world uh, infrastructurally so that we can all uh, survive and get along and, you know, not be eating each other's faces uh, economically, <laughs> um, you know. Like, <laughs> eating faces, so gross. <laughs> You know, yeah, but I might get the chance to eat your face tomorrow. Don't you understand? No, uh, we can keep this system going forever. Uh, my no. face will poison you. Back <laughs> off my face. <laughs> I, uh, uh, that's 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 good enough. Yeah, I, I, I would eat a drink. Um, yeah, yeah. It's you know, all of this stuff. You know, is 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 so crazy. I mean, in in terms of the um, where value comes in. No, how I'm curious. Um, like, what's your exposure to like visual artists? Uh, and whatnot, or, or like the like the visual art scene, uh, or kind of what have you. Uh, so, um, I lived in Japan for years, and in Japan, visual art is like the thing. It's like breathing. It's like everyone does visual art just as a matter of course. And interestingly, Japan doesn't have the art criticism and art appreciation culture that we do. Interesting. And in you know. Nobody really asks, what is this piece of art about? Maybe people who go to like a very internationally oriented university uh -huh. and take art appreciation classes that are com directly copied from American classes, but that's like five people. Nobody asks, what is this art about? What does this art mean? Art is just... Partaken of. It's yeah. expression and it's just mm -hmm. something that everybody does. And I would argue that Japan produces... Not just the best visual art in the world, but by far the best visual art in the world. I mean, I they make the best comics. I mean, I'll they tell you that. They make the best comics. Yeah. They have the best street fashion. And my, my hobby was street fashion photography. We're losing you, Noah. Can you hear me now? Yeah, you yeah. can hear yeah, there you go. Okay, sorry. Um, my hobby was street fashion photography in Japan. That's a ripe that you'll find no better place. You will find no better place. And I, when I go there, I still hang out with the people who do Tokyo Fashion, which is a great Instagram account. Um, and Twitter account, and um, they just photograph people on the street in Harajuku all day. Although Harajuku has been a, become a little uh, dead, but it's still got some cool people in it. And um, and just the visual art is amazing. There's this place called Design Festa Gallery in Harajuku in Tokyo, and there it just it's just students displaying their art for free. 
you can sometimes buy stuff for like five bucks. Yeah. And, but it's, it's pretty much just student exhibitions. And it is a free art gallery. And it is just the most amazing art. It is, you know, some awesome. of the stuff is cheesy. And then some of the stuff is just like, holy crap, this should be in a museum. And it's and just, just part abundance. of the culture. It's yeah. part of the culture. Yeah. Oh, that's, that's, yeah, that's beautiful. I think that if, if I, I kind of wish that America had a bit more of that, especially, especially, <laughs> the, especially the lack of criticism because people pro would probably create more, but I don't know. Right. I don't know. Actually, I don't know if that's true. Oh, that's, I hate our culture of criticism. It, it really is. Yeah. It's just, yeah. I, it, it's just, it's just <laughs> offensive. It's the, the amount of effort that Americans spend tearing down things that other people make instead of making their own things is oppressive and you can get a phd in literary criticism in this country what the yeah, hell is that yeah. everyone with a phd in literary criticism should be mailed <laughs> to i don't even know where's the place to what, mail people i don't to? even know what to the hollywood sign what did they learn in that department what do they do they learn to shit on things yeah really uh, that's, no that's, that's actually learn. true yeah oh that's yeah and to justify their shitting on things with like second-rate philosophy well, yeah. what is what? So, what is maybe this is a departure from what we're talking about. What what is programmable art? Okay, um, I mean, <laughs> if you uh, left turn in Albuquerque, um, we don't have to go there. I was just curious because I was like, that's is that related to what we're talking about at all? Um, I mean, uh, all right, God, let me try and stretch this here. <laughs> um, nailing the critics to the wall, um, programmable <laughs> art. Um, Okay, uh, so you know, in, in in terms of what what art actually does in expressing things, like you know, the 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 function of art is far far more about the experience of it. the The role of criticism, theoretically, in my opinion, uh, should be to enhance that experience. Um, you know, it's it's to to give you new perspectives on it, um, to to enrich it. Um, sometimes that involves some deconstruction, um, but you know, usually you should try to, to you know have a bigger view, um, a better take. So as far as like the programmable thing goes, it's a return to the playing to the audience. It's wow. a setting. Yeah, it's a setting up of of saying like, look, the the critic, you know, hey, try to criticize this guy. Who's actually responsible for this? You know, <laughs> you know, like, I mean, so so Noah, um, let me just uh, kind of pitch you on something here, real, real quick. Do it. Um, do it. So I'm a comic guy. Incredible. Um, I'm a comics guy. Um, oh, you're so a comics guy. I'm a cartoonist. So <laughs> you're a cartoonist on async.art. Want to help me make a graphic novel? Want to make a graphic novel together for fun? Um, if it's about uh, rabbits only, man. Uh, Ooh. <laughs> yes, it should be. As long as it's not furry rabbits, they have to be actual rabbits. If they are half human, half whatever the heck, no, they have to be not actual furries. Rabbits. I like furries, but I would make a comic about furries. Fair enough, uh, but but yeah. So um, over at uh, uh, this site, async.art, um, which is where JJ is, is pulling some of the uh, the programmable art thing um, mm -hmm. from. I like to thank um, thank you, JJ. Um, <laughs> the uh, I'm running a choose your own adventure comic um, on crypto. Um, so you know, for for most of this crypto stuff, um, it's just you know, eh, hey, I put my name, my patronage name next to the you know the piece. Uh, yeah, here you go. Um, but what if um, I wrote a different, every time I wrote a different name in uh, next to the piece, the piece changed. Um, and what if it, instead of just being my patronage, there was like five to ten other people in here, you know, patroning this comic with me and making changes to it. That's what I'm doing right now. Um, and to me, that's, that's the, the, the cool stuff uh, of what, that's actual crypto art. Um, and like I said, it's a return to the playing to the audience. Um, and I was an art critic. This is the funny thing to me. Um, I enjoy oh, art criticism. And um, you've, I you've connected did. this together beautifully, by the way. Going from literary criticism to program yeah, art. That was seamless. Morose, this is what amazing. I do. <laughs> uh, this is what I do. I'm a storyteller. Uh, but yeah, so the... <laughs> So, so the, the point being is that, you know, in terms of where, where, where critics are supposed to sit in all of this, like, you know, uh, like right now, like I, I kind of have this piece that, and I intentionally named it um, something that, that thematically fit into this, that is like, I kind of like to think almost beyond criticism in a certain way. Like I tied the meta, like it's got this Borges, this Jorge Luis Borges, Robert Anton Wilson, like meta structure to it. Um, so it's like, it's really weird because I'm like, you could, I know where you could criticize this and you wouldn't even be wrong, but you'd kind of be missing the entire point. Um, you know, like, it, so, and again, like I've, I've done my time in both the, the literary, um, trenches, um, and the, 
uh, the visual trenches. Um, you can you can find um, my old podcasts uh, and um, posts about um, comics criticism because I come from the indie world. I don't come. I mean, I, I love I love manga. I mean, don't get me wrong. Like it's, it's, it's the, the whole thing there is like t- to me the, the all of this is so much huger than like people say comics. They think superheroes. Um, but the, the, the corner of it that I came out of was was a lot more indie and, and freeform and whatnot. Um, so I was used to uh, a much different approach to criticism um, that was a lot less like, well, is this really like titillating me well, or does this fit like the, the agenda? It was more like, well, what does this, is this person's over continuing? Um, is their, their exploration of, of theme uh, for themselves, uh, like are they continuing to be self-similar? Um, like how is their evolutionary path charting itself? Um, and, and to me, that was always uh, a lot more rewarding to do um, and, and to to engage with. Um, I hate, I hate the the deconstructivist crap because it's not even well done deconstructivist crap. <laughs> uh, it's uh, I, I can't read most of the stuff because again, I came out of this world that was so edge case, left of center, its own bubble that that when I engage, it's I, like admittedly, you know, no, I, I genuinely bristle a little bit when you, you know. Um, when you laugh ab- about the the, you know, the sort of mainstreamy approach to a lot of this stuff, and I have to, to hold myself back because you know. Um, Wait a second. Wait a I'm second. Double, I'm, I'm not... double contrarying you here. Is, is what's going on? I'm double you... contrarying you. I'm not. I'm. I'm just. I'm not. I'm not laughing. Wait. Main. Which. Which mainstreamy stuff? Which. What was I laughing at? Oh, maybe I'm, I'm mischaracterizing, and, and I, at this maybe. point, I've abstracted out so far. <laughs> um, that, that, what um, was I, I laughing at? Oh no! I I I wanted to say that like, they, and, and now I'm having a hard time putting the the finger on the point. Um, but I wanted to say that there <laughs> was um, the the approach towards like like criticism and um, saying oh these like taking joy in um, in you know equally tearing down the people doing the tearing down. You know if you if you get you know my my point there. Um, I think that's what I was getting. At. It's fine. It just seems like a lot of effort. Yeah. Which. Tearing down the people who are doing the tearing down and tearing it's, down those people. It's like it's a lot of negative. It's just all one just Yeah. Jerk well that's what I was getting of, at is you know it's a circle jerk of criticism. Yeah, well that's why I, I felt like so so let me uh, to try and tie it back around to the NFT thing. So there was um <laughs> a um an artist who came into the scene recently, um, who I I had admired for a long time, um about my age. Um, much better than me. Um, and he was offering some classes online, um, some you know, tutoring stuff. And I almost did it. I was so close to pulling the trigger. Um, and then I saw that he showed up in the NFT world. Um, I gave him some pointers, uh, and now he's made thousands of dollars. Um, so, you know, the, the, in all of that, like, exactly. So, (laughs) so this is the thing. So, you know, I'm genuinely far more positive about that because, you know, and, and you go back a few years, you know, um, that would be different, I think. Um, but honestly, like I look at, I'm like, yes, this is what is supposed to be happening. Like I knew I was right. You know, like that's, (laughs) that's, that's more the tact that I take with it. Um, is that like, I knew I was right. I knew he'd do well. Like I, I, I knew that I read the tea leaves correctly here. Um, that, that given his set of skills, um, that the state of the market right now, um, the, the, the broad advice I can give him, um, if, if I think this is the, these dominoes are lined up appropriately. Um, and I've seen that happen enough times now, um, where I'm like, oh, okay, this could, I think this might last the long haul in a sort of like this can stand next to Kickstarter and to Patreon uh, and to other sort of like cultural alt uh, funding mechanisms um, that people have really made work uh, and and you know artists have built lifestyles around. Man. Did I tie that back around enough, JJ? I think you did. Yeah, that's a complete circle there. Well, so if you haven't already, then go to Twitter and check out at. T-S-M-O-R-E-A-U and check out Terrence's uh, his uh, Rarible site and your async art and your async art site is um, is that just your your handle as well? Yeah, um, you can just go to async.art, click gallery uh, and you can just enter um, Moreau or Phase Space uh, which is the name of the comic uh, you can just type space uh, and, you know, my thing will pop up in there um, so you, have to, you have to go there and then check out the art that's there and then go back and re-listen to this podcast again from the <laughs> beginning and it'll be like a choose your own adventure book exactly yeah. welcome to the 21st century folks this is how all media works now it's all meta 
<laughs> it's all meta. All right. Well, I think that's a good en- ending point. Do you, do you have anything more you want to add, Noah? Are you good? Oh, no, I'm, I'm good. I'm just, uh, you know, going with the flow and, and fascinated by the just sort of fractal interestingness that develops in our universe. Well, and you're, you're writing, you're starting, I noticed that you're starting to touch on like DeFi and stuff like that. So now you got to get into NFT. A little bit. Well, I talked to, uh, right. I talked, <laughs> I mean, I, I, I briefly mentioned with, um, with my interview with Brian Armstrong, mm-hmm. how DeFi could be used to create fractional reserve banking, which is something a lot of Bitcoin people don't like, but which I think could actually enhance the crypto ecosystem. Oh, interesting. Yeah. I think he was a little ambivalent about it because he knows that that kind of system would be incredibly lucrative for Coinbase, but he yeah. also sort of, <laughs> you know, partly buys into the libertarian ideal with which Bitcoin is created. But those two are things are intention because essentially the idea of creating a deflationary currency that you can't make more of and the idea of making lots and lots and lots and lots and lots of money conflict. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Well, so, uh, like NFTs is just another wacky, wacky thing that's related to it. And it's, oh, yeah. it's certainly wacky, especially the type of art that you see. It's so, you know, it tends to be stuff you that's in your face. Everything. Yeah, you do see everything, but it, it's, it's mostly ten- crazy stuff, yes. It, it's mostly crazy stuff like, um, like like stuff that the intellectual property law can't touch, you know, like all of Beeple's stuff has like copyrighted images in oh, it yeah. and nobody can do anything about it. I think that's so weird. You know, people are still buying paintings with Toy Story characters in it and stuff. Um, anyway. All right. Well, that, that'll do it for monkeys and robot suits and robots and monkey suits this week. So thanks everyone for listening and check, check out Terrence's yes. Twitter and his sites. Thank you, thank you, Terrence. Much appreciated for having me on. And uh, yeah, thank you everyone. For Yay. Listening. We love you. I'm going to stop the recording now.